Hi, Pat McGuire today. I don't know what you're doing right now, but I'm preparing to be part of a conference at the end of the month uh, on temperament. And temperament are traits of behavioral or emotional response, which we're all born with and which we carry with us throughout our lives. These are inherited traits, but how much we show of a trait depends upon several things, one of which might be uh, any issues in our biology or development, but the other is the role of the environment in creating a good fit for our traits or a poor fit, which leads to stress and conflict. Several years ago, I did a chart review and I was, I was looking at a questionnaire that I used routinely that is used still um, by most pediatricians uh, in practice and compared it to what the actual diagnoses were of the children I saw. This checklist was called the Vanderbilt checklist and it looked at the then DSM-4 criteria for ADHD, oppositional defiant and conduct problems and anxious and depressed symptoms. Now the criteria and uh, really haven't changed with the DSM-5. Uh, and so the information would probably still be quite relevant to today. And what I found is of the children I evaluated, according to the DSM-4, 88% of them should be diagnosed with ADHD of one of the three subtypes, inattention, impulsive, uh, hyperactive, or combined. After a full evaluation, however, only 31% actually had the diagnosis. Looking at what I called behavioral diagnoses, which were the oppositional defiant and conduct issues, according to the checklist, 27% should have ha had that diagnosis, but after a full evaluation, only 14% made the cutoff. Looking at mood issues, anxious and depressed issues, 30% met criteria on the DSM, but 66% turned out to have anxiety or depressive symptoms after a full evaluation. Now, what does that tell you? Basically, that checklists are good for screening, but you really have to look at all the issues affecting a child to understand why the behaviors are being seen. Now, in preparation for this conference, I reviewed uh, information collected from 1,100 patient records, uh, and the same information was gathered, although temperament was also brought in. And what I found out of those 1,100 patients was that there were four traits that were usually higher in kids that on the Vanderbilt were also high for ADHD, and that was problems with rhythmicity, the ability to handle organization, time management, recognize patterns and sequences, adaptability, a handling of changes and transitions, basic mood, first impression of things, and persistence, ability to stay with any one thing till completed. It is interesting to see that those traits are still very high, but the three that are highest are rhythmicity, adaptability, and persistence for having difficulties. But not all of them actually ended up having ADHD even on the DSM-IV 
Vanderbilt checklist. What I did with all the families that I worked with is I started with the temperament and talked about the issues there. Because whether a child had ADHD or not, if they had problems with rhythmicity, they would create stress in the family because of problems with organization, time management, being able to follow multi-step directions, and any other issue that required an ability to feel time moving around you. The same was true with persistence. For the kids having difficulty with that, they either had difficulties staying engaged with information because it was boring or and repetitive, or they had issues of what to do once they hit the, I don't know what to do next. That second group often did not have ADHD. In the rhythmicity group, there were again two subtypes, one being totally unaware of time moving and a second group aware, but struggling to figure out how to get a handle on it. That second group frequently turned out not to have ADHD either. This is why it's really important to go beyond the checklists. Get to know the child, get to know the biology of the child, get to know uh, the environment that the child exists in to understand what's put, getting together to create the behavioral stress that brought them in. So for the next week, I'd like you to take a moment to kind of, you know, think deeper about these kids that may be, you know, frustrating you. You may be interested in actually checking out my course uh, on uh, called Getting uh, Never Assume Knowing Children Before Labeling Them, which is on my website, uh, helpingchallengingchildren.online, and you go to the, uh, the store and you can find it. In that course, I go over temperament. I go over the aspects of biology that uh, is encompassed under the neurodevelopmental disorders. And then I go over the influences of the environment and how children function. So you may want to check into that if you don't understand those aspects of children. But in the meantime, think about when you are saying this child is not paying attention, so they must have ADHD, or this child is disorganized, so they must have ADHD, to go beyond and see if there's other things that can also explain why they're struggling. So until next week, have a good day.